listeners, you are listening to Three Belly Buttons, the podcast that discusses current contemporary visual art exhibitions and events in Australia. My name is Sing Joe. I am the host. I am an artist living in Melbourne. In each episode, I will invite two guests from diverse culture and professional background to join me and talk about their recent experiences of visiting an art event. They are encouraged to openly share their ecstatic or loathing or muddled moments in the art. For this episode, I have two artists, Teresa Sher and John Gosper, to tell us the exhibitions and shows that they recently saw in Melbourne and Adelaide. I hope this podcast opens a fun and a critical space to allow dynamic voices placed in the art world and to encourage a large engagement with the art and to increase the general public's understanding towards the contemporary visual art. For our second episode of Three Belly Buttons, I have two beautiful Melbourne artists, Teresa Sher and John Gosper. They are here to share their recent experience of visiting the art exhibitions and shows. Hello, Teresa. Hello. <laughs> Hello, John. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, first of all, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Um, Teresa, who are you? I am originally from Brisbane, and I moved down and finished my honours last year. And I'm into um, air as an object and a material, and so I make inflatables. Um, and I challenge the um, the way that the body moves around certain objects and certain things. Um, and I'm very into transparency, so everything I make is transparent, and allows people to um, to have their own emotion and reflections upon these objects. Cool, yeah. thank you. Um, John, um, um, yeah. Hi. <laughs> um, I'd like to start off by acknowledging the traditional um, owners of the land that we meet on today and pay my respects to elders past and present. My name's John Gosper. I'm a Melbourne-based um, artist and designer and my background's in fashion design and construction and currently I am um, in the throes of completing a Master of Fine Arts by research at the VCA and my ideas for my work centre around the body, embodiment and identity. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. Good to have you here. Um, yes, yeah, so tell us um, what what kind of art have you seen lately? Um, Teresa, would you like to start? Um, so seventh opening was last night and I have had a little bit of insight helping with the installment of Ashley Perry's work. And um, so should I just talk about the show as a whole and then just yeah, focus sure. on that. Please do. Okay, so when the gallery has four main spaces, um, gallery one had a um, a show with three artists together and they were working with charcoal and um, an interactive space. They wanted the whole space to be alive, I guess, in drawing and using sculpture. So they had a number of burnt logs. They had a massive um, p- 
paper installment that ran from the wall down to the floor and it was rolled up so you could keep rolling it out and it had um, a projection on one side and a television on the other side also having different exposures to uh, liquid and I think sound so there was a lot of things going on with your different senses so it they wanted to engage with the audience and allow them to play around and bring out their playful side with material and using their body as a tool. Um, so, and then the second space was Gallery 2, which had a Sydney-based artist, Lachlan Hurd, and he had um, kind of like an hand, average hand size bulbous glass work, and they had little um, had liquid inside it and it was either a sea blue crystal like liquid and then there was like a lolly orange colored as well and so there were these bulbous glass sitting on different support structures so there was one where it was on a, a middle stand and it was in like a triangular structure and so that was one balancing upon that there was two elements on the ground which were essentially uh, as if it was a tissue for like dropping onto the ground and it had all those folds but it was all metal and then it had the a few um, places of the same bulbous things and um, there was a TV installed in the center of it as well and it was a detail shot of I think it was facial uh, sections like super close and you could see the the hair the follicles and it was like certain sections of the film where it was like little honey bits that had just been left there or something it was a bit it was a bit uncomfortable but you kind of wanted to watch to see if it would change into something else or stuff like that um, did that change something else did you stay for long? I couldn't. I couldn't stay there for long because it made me feel super uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it was it was playing on that and inside these bulbous glass pieces, that with the liquid itself, he was growing bacteria and I didn't know what else, but it was just <laughs> growing naturally. And he told me that it only grows during the night. So if he had the lights turned off the whole of the install and um, during the opening, it would just grow insane. Mm. And so he wanted to like have the on and off and have, you know, have wow. a normal installation where like the show is on for the daytime and it's, you know, asleep essentially. And then it's Right, so sleeping. it's kind of like a living artwork. Pretty much in these little, little bulbs, you know, yeah. and so it was it was so that's that means like after because the show just opened last night so um i think their show goes for three weeks so that means by the end of the show you might see completely different artwork in that room exactly yeah oh so it might just like grow the whole way around it and then maybe find its way out but maybe it won't Mm. so it's just inside these little worlds that he's created yeah he's really like interested in making his own he says like making his own system and environments inside these um he says sealed satellites wherein the invisible by diversity of a shared body ecologically becomes apparent so i mean there's a lot 
going on in yeah. those little worlds. So that was that back room. And then upstairs in 7 Up, there was a film that had slight technical difficulties last night and they tried to repair it and the loop was jittering back and forth to the same place. So it was like yeah. five minutes of the movie I think we saw and then we couldn't see anything else. And yeah. So it was kind of like... Um, That's kind of usually this shame like when you work with... Um, technology then if technology failed and your work is just not exist yeah. <laughs> or not deliverable that's kind of sometimes is kind of dilemma mm. yeah cool yeah so that was uh, I guess kind of like a documentation slash narrative of a young lady um, going through I guess life and it was just a little segment of it um, and so today Ashley Perry is the main focus and he's a really really great friend of mine and we work very closely. So where his work located? He was in Project Space and his work is called, I'm gonna try to attempt to say this, Gaba Kundiyal Baban which is another moon corroboree and his work is essentially a large circle of glass broken pieces held up by metal rods and I'll show everyone else here the photo of it because it's so beautiful and um, mm. it was wow. so it was terrifyingly exciting I guess to install it <laughs> so you had to install each each piece, by piece. each piece was its own form so that was right. one whole form and it was held up by, say, two, or if we needed three. And so we had to work with gravity to try to maintain its form and shape where it should fit, like a puzzle, mm-hmm. and still have space around it to install the other pieces mm. and make sure they don't bump into each other. Yeah, um, it's very f- fragile material um, so to that's work the size. with. And, yeah, that's really delicate. Um, but it's beautiful, very poetic um especially in that this space is is kind of narrow and small and very enclosed sort of space having that um round circle is a very have a sense of ritual and spiritual sort of um yeah um experience so um yeah tell us more like so you definitely have lots of insights um (laughs) since you um helped install for this piece of work and um yeah like i'm just wondering because you involved so much um then uh, when the installation completed um and uh, and then come to, uh, went to the opening as a um, a visitor. How um, I mean, I, I'm trying to say is like, does that install uh, experience installing change your um, perspective perspective to see the work? Yes, I think so. I think seeing it from what it what he had initially planned and having certain ideas of how it was going to come together. Coming along with the like functionality of these metal rods trying to hold up these really fragile glass pieces, it kind of shifted 
and changed as it went. And so when we finally finished, it was kind of like allowing the difficulty to pass and allowing this beautiful glass work to actually present itself. And it's so subtle with the with the um, glass because it was sandblasted, so it was shaded. And then it also, because of the fluoro lighting, allow a shadow to present itself behind it and it was it wasn't as dark as like a normal shadow would be so it was really nice to have those initial things mm. um the the ideas behind it was from his great grandmother vera and he's spoken about her in recent years as well with his work and going through honors writing it in his thesis um telling she often she's passed away now but she left a few things behind and Ash, Ashley often um, reflects back on these stories and so he's going through his community and talking about um, how the kids often danced in this moon ceremony corroboree and he wanted to, they don't do it as much anymore so he says and so he wanted to take this really important sacred ceremony and represent it in a modern take and try to sustain it and bring it back so that you know we can know about it and we can pass it on and tell people about it mm. so i think it's yeah it's yeah. definitely that's um it's beautiful story uh, attached to this work. Um, um, I was just reading his art, artist statement. Um, it's just, yeah, really significant um, um, culture and story um, to learn from his work. Um, and he's not, I think his work are not just um, um, literally um, telling people describe the story I think he has his own interpretation of the story of the culture because um, the insulation is the round shape but it's all made of uh, broken pieces individual pieces of glasses so it's a feel like it's definitely you read something disconnections and um, destructions and mm. sort of um, um, have this rod to hold those pieces uh, glasses together as a round shape um, from his story that represent a moon it's feel like it's, we have to use um, uh, another material and a structure to hold this um, sort of lost culture mm. a lost story um, so it's not just um, uh, a, he's not just telling a traditional story but also um, a, a temperate story and uh, what's happening now and to these cultures and yeah um, his family history what do you think is that the sort of I think I think conceptually what, what do you take no I completely agree and I think it's it's so important to bring back those traditions and celebrate it more often. And there's, I think with Ashley, I think it's so personal to him because um, it's it's his community, it's his, his great-grandmother. And there was such an 
importance when he talks about it and there's so much emotion behind it obviously because it's family but he knowing him for so many years as like an like a friend and as an artist friend as well uh he he was telling other stories about um these letters that his grandmother had given him and he was really emotional and he was it was the first time that I've seen him that way and show that side of him and um, it's just I think it's so sad that these special things have been lost somewhere and he's trying to you know bring them all back together and piece it back together and you know the rods are kind of just you know all these people trying to hold it up and hold everything together if that makes sense like I just feel like with this work it just shows another side of what can be and what we should all want and you know have in that way like having all these traditions together and keeping them safe and not forgetting about it and I think we we spoke about it throughout the installation of different moon celebrations because Lunar Festival just finished and yeah celebrating the new year and it's celebrating life and togetherness yeah and it happens you know every year and it's so it's so beautiful to have the celebration of the moon festival and the moon itself you know um so I think having this work up yeah shows a lot of like potential for what can be and having that space that space was so nice to have it because it was up and you could look up at it and it was like seeing the stars and we had a few conversations of the rods being in the constellation and you know mapping things together yeah you can totally yeah you can totally see that um just um you know from just by looking the photos you took of the work uh it's so abstract but at the same time has such a rich meanings and you know um um yeah significance behind it um cool maybe that's the segue to your the shows you're recently seen john Mm -hmm. um because i believe you also seen some shows that carry very old cultures and reflect um some lost languages and cultures and yeah um so the two shows that i'm kind of wanting to talk about today are involving my trip to Adelaide last week. I went to on a road trip to Adelaide to see um, mostly to see Grace Jones perform. She um, kicked off the Adelaide Festival last Wednesday night um, and and um, I only stayed in Adelaide for a couple of days so I was um, wasn't able to see a lot of art, but yeah. one of the shows that I also saw while I was there was uh, Christian Thompson. Yes. Um, who was showing at Sasa Gallery, I think it's pronounced, um, which is part of Samstag um, Museum. Yes. Um, and so Christian Thompson's uh, show was an excerpt from his um, sort of early survey exhibition of his work which was produced by um monash university um last year ritual intimacy 
And so the show that um, Sasa Gallery uh, put on for him was uh, two works that were taken from that sort of early survey work, which were uh, a commission that was um, made specifically for ritual intimacy last year, which was called Burkuse. And that was a, a multi-channeled video and sound installation. Um, Burkuse is the French word for lullaby and um, Christian part of Christian's practice is to um, is to kind of revive and regenerate his father's language of Bijara. Um, one of the central themes is that or one of the things that he says is uh, the the language is um, said to be uh, potentially going ex extinct and so what he wants to do is if if one word is spoken then he can keep the language alive yeah. um, and so in this multi uh, multi-channel work he is um, performing a lullaby in his father's language of Bajara um, and then the other work in the space is a work called We Bury Our Own, which was presented in 2012. And that is an eight piece, um, eight, eight photographic series, eight piece photographic series of his response to um, ethnographic photography of indigenous people that were held that are being held in museums in Europe. And specifically, um, it came about from um, his uh, PhD. He was, he started a PhD at, um, in a fine art in Oxford University mm. in 2010. Yeah. And um, he was one of the, first two Aboriginal scholars to be accepted into the university going through on the um, Charlie Perkins scholarship. Um, and so his, it just so coincided, his starting of PhD was coinciding with um, some of the curators of um, Pitt Rivers Museum, which is part of Oxford University. Yes. And they hold a collection of ethnographic photography of Aboriginal people. And so that, yeah, this eight piece series is a response to his experience of going in and absorbing the work. Yes. Um, and so, uh, yeah. Does that have a soundtrack in that eight piece? No, so they are, um, they are just a series of photographs on the wall. And in, in terms of like the layout of the space, you walk into the space and it's completely darkened with spotlights on each of the photographic works. And then there's a bench seat in front of the multi-channel work, uh, video and sound to sit down and, and, and listen to and watch. Wow. So, um, what's your overall, overall experience? when you walk into that space? The, um, it's one of power and one of um, kind of stillness and um, observation. So uh, the, the soundtrack to the piece is um, a very, it's, it's quiet but strong. It's, um, 
that's the lullaby the lullaby yeah, yeah. so it's uh layered um so there's he's he's got his voice and he's layered it over the top of each other and it and it, yeah so there's no instrumentation but it sounds very powerful because of the layering wow so right so it's like a m multiple soundtracks all overlaid it on each other's yes that as well as um l actually layering his voice as well so oh, there's different parts of the lullaby playing at once but within those parts of lullaby he layer he's laid his voice to make his voice more powerful right yeah. wow so is there any um subtitles um english subtitles in translation no no there isn't just, wow that's really beautiful yeah. um so do you know the meaning of the words um do you is it any access to get the meaning of those words he what he's seeing yeah i think um there is there is access to what the the words are online um and i think i'm, I'm not entirely sure what they are i haven't looked it up yet but, but the, in the expressions um is there any materials no oh that's i love no, that no there's a little bit of a blurb explaining that mm. burcuse means is the french word for lullaby right um but there's no kind of written instructions to how to interpret what he's singing yeah, yeah. okay mm. yeah um i yeah that's that's kind of like um have touched that kind of questions that um how much information you uh, give away to the audience mm. um uh as a contemporary artist because everyone works in such a conceptual um, context mm. um, you know should we as artists um, when we ex exhibit this highly conceptual work and how much information um, should we do we need to give to the audience mm. to access the work mm. um, I mean I guess yeah you know if there's a uh, like for his shows, I guess has very little informations uh, have or enough informations um, to uh, present the work. Um, it's very clever way, mm. but uh, it's a very concept like conceptual contemporary art way of mm. showing. So I'm just wondering, you know, for people having no knowledge about who he who he is and his works about, his cultural background, walking to the room, mm. might get lost. Mm. But I think it's a good and a bad experience, you know, like if four people really want to know his work, it would trigger people, um, encourage them to raise questions, mm. therefore to encourage them to do more research yeah, on more the work. Research, yeah. so, um, th so those hidden information will eventually revealed. Mm. Um, but for people who um you know but people can also easily walk away mm. um uh completely uh feeling completely lost mm. and um didn't see any significance of that mm. um that could have happened too mm -hmm. but it's kind of like for me i find it interesting that the work itself expression itself sort of filtered the audience 
Mm-hmm. Like if you really like my work, you will find out. Exactly. If you're not, um, you, yeah. you go. That doesn't matter. You know, mm. like it's maybe it's not really interesting those kind of audience either. Exactly. So I find out lots of um, um, high quality and um, uh, art exhibitions and artworks. I mean, maybe that's not so many artists' choice. Maybe that's more about um, curators' choice. Could be, yeah. 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 Um, I find out that's often the case. Yeah. They don't give every information. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, they don't spoon feed you the information. That's right. I think um, Christian Thompson, you know, is on a particular level where, you know, if you are engaged in some way or taken aback by his work in a space, mm. there is so much information mm. accessible to mm. his work and to find out about what he does. And I think, yeah, I think um, this particular work, the commission for ritual intimacy was, you know, powerful enough and made, uh, make say an emotional connection. Mm. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I agree. Oh, beautiful. Um, So you just mentioned it, um, you went to Adelaide and mainly to see Grace Jones show. Grace Jones, (laughs) You have to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So Grace Jones obviously is quite a legend, (laughs) iconic, um, has sort of cemented her legacy in, in popular culture starting off in the 60s um she she was born in jamaica moved to um new york city when she was 13 and started um modeling quite early on and it sort of propelled her into um yeah uh the club scene of the of the 70s studio 54 um to be specific and so, which city is this? New York? In New York City. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, around the same time, she was, she was, like, making a huge splash on the nightclubbing scene in the 70s. She was also modelling in Europe and um, particularly France and, 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 and Paris. Um, but eventually um, became, uh, you know, started recording albums and... Um, in the 70s, they were quite disco-focused. And then, then move, moving along to the 80s, um, they had a post-disco kind of reggae feel to them. And that's when I think she um, really uh, came to prominence and, and had worldwide appeal. Um, I, you know, she, you know, she has, I guess a few things about her is that she has this androgynous Mm. kind of um, uh, visual to her, which she played up and collaborated with one of her longest partners, uh, a French illustrator and visual artist named Jean-Paul Goud, who produced and um, sort of uh, produced her album covers, the the visuals, and also produced her performances around the late 70s and mostly through the 80s as well. They had a son together. Um, And so actually for the performance, one of the things that I was really looking forward to seeing was her costuming and to see how, you know, if it has evolved since the 80s, if she's still using the same iconography, if she 
has yeah um if she's doing anything new and mm. so one of the one of the most famous um visuals of her was um a collaboration of hers between her and Keith Haring uh, um New York City artist of the 80s yes to the 90s and so that particular look was um like white lines in in the tradition of Keith Haring's um, kind of visual. Yes. And so she covered her skin in white lines and um, which kind of contrasted to her, her very black skin and yes. made it pop. Um, and so, yeah, I was surprised to see that she did this for the performance last week in oh Adelaide. My God. Yeah. So she wore, she was, um, she had a corset yeah. on that finished below her breast. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. the corset kind of hung over her so she was yeah her legs arms and breasts and shoulders and head were completely exposed yeah and she had the keith harring painting all over her body and all wow. over the corset as well so when she first appeared i wasn't sure if she was completely naked and covered in body paint yeah yeah it could be a tight <laughs> yeah 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 um, um wow so she's continued that look and uh you know the performance was great. She <laughs> she was forty five minutes late. Yes, um, in which is to be expected for star. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then she proceeded to um, do yeah have a costume change e between every song. But she'd leave the stage, but um, she would still talk. So she was narrating her offstage costume change. So she'd oh, never wow. lose that engagement with the audience. What did she which, talk about when she changed clothes? She would make jokes. <laughs> she, she made up this song about Adelaide. That's Already? Yeah. Hold on, so she'd be well, it was just it was just a line. It was Adelaide, 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 I want to get laid. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, beautiful. And, and she'd do little bits about... You know, Adelaide being in wine country, so she'd, yes. she'd say that intermittently and then she'd ask people to bring her glasses of wine and she'd, you know, skull a whole goblet. Um, Why is she changing her clothes? Well, what, yeah. That's well, some, amazing. Some, sometimes you could see her changing her clothes as well, so sometimes oh. it would be off stage and sometimes it would be on stage. So but, that would be a, a show on the cam uh, screen? Yes. Oh, uh, there's a following camera. Oh, there is, yeah, yeah, there's a following camera and two giant um, screens so that you can see what's happening even if you aren't up close. Yeah. close. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, and the costume changes weren't too, like, overall enveloping because she'd put on a skirt and she'd put on, like, a headdress and yes. it was kind of like a sort of adaptation of those two things throughout yeah. all the costume changes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um... And so... Did she say other um, outrageous and shocking <laughs> words she, or stories? She, she did. I can't... Nothing's come to my mind. One of the things she did was... Um, which at the time I thought was um, unplanned. But I, I yes. found out it was planned later on. Which she did... Um, one of her most famous songs is Pull Up To My Bumper. And she got... She... It seemed like she pulled a security guard who was like standing in front of the stage to the stage and she got on his shoulders and she did the whole entire song on his shoulders. <laughs> and he, and the close up on his face, he was like, 
shocked. You know, shocked, <laughs> and his eyebrows were white, and I was like, oh my god, does he? Does he, did he know, it? know about this? Is he a white guy? He is a white guy. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic. Yeah. Um. Uh, now it's like I'm really interesting, King, to know what she think other part of. Australian, because she did a, a gig in Melbourne, right? Did, yeah, Before she, Adelaide. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, I'm curious, like, to, to, to know what, um, what she think about Australia yeah. on the whole. Yeah. Well, she hadn't, I know that she hadn't been, she'd performed in Adelaide before. I see. But it was 30 years, th- like 36 years prior. So I don't think she comes out to Australia that much. That often. Um, and I think this tour that she's doing, she's, she's touring all through this year. It's coinciding with um, a documentary that's coming out that she, about her that she um, helped produce. It come, I think it might be already out in Australia. It's called Bloodlight and Bammy. Right. And it's... Um, I guess I'm not, yeah, I'm not too clued in. I think it follows her over the last few years. Right. To see, you know, what That's she's about. That's interesting if you design your tour or performance gig along with your docu- documentation. Mm. Or, you know, uh, is it? Documentary, yeah. yeah documentary. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, you can't help to think all the decisions are quite strategically yes design totally that's that's what i came to when i found out about that i didn't read that that was a strategy yeah but i thought oh that must you know it's too much of a coincidence to but nevertheless it's good she came to australia because we often feel like such a big star um australia is a place very easily to get neglected or mm-hmm. you know left it's out a, it's so not far as away. accessible yes That's right. definitely um okay so how old do you think she is okay so <laughs> her age is um quite um uh, up in the air because in a lot of articles that I've read, she um, they state that she was born in 48 which makes her 70 this May um, but from one of the organizers of the Adelaide Festival that I know, she she had said that she'd heard that she was actually seventy two. So there might be a little bit of a confusion about her age, but she's a roughly around seventy, which is quite um, impressive. That's amazing. Considering mm. the last song that she performed was um, probably her biggest hit, "Slave to the Rhythm," mm. and she did that entire song while hula hooping. That's amazing. On stage, she did the wow. whole song. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was the quite, whole song. That's the whole so song. crazy. It was amazing. It was amazing. So that's kind of like see this kind of um, figure. Um, really, it's inspiring for I think a woman in yeah. general or human beings. Mm. Like yeah. how we can push into like 60s, 70s, in old days. Not even that old days. Mm. Like when I grew up in 70s, 90s. 1760s is such an old stage. You just is the age you start thinking about your, your, your mortality. You know, <laughs> mortality, <laughs> and then you know, like we're gonna leave uh, the senior house, or mm-hmm. should I live by myself? And like, where's my um, 
you know, feeler are gonna hold, or where, mm. where, how, how, what my, um, you know, I worry about um, eulogies, you know, like, and then, but, you know, those, and not even her, like, so many, um, these amazing pop stars, and you include uh, Madonna, mm-hmm. Madonna, and then um, her, this, um, rich to this, age they still can do so much yeah. and then show the um the, the continuing sort of youth mm-hmm. and it's i feel like it's such a yeah such an inspirational um thing for uh women nowadays totally. yeah yeah well um what do you think as a <laughs> young woman I'm very very young compared to. <laughs> yeah. I think that's amazing. Like to show to show younger generations, especially who are struggling with so many different problems of, you know, bullying, and we've got different shootings happening. Like there's just yes. so much going on. Plus media, plus all these like influences. It's so important to have these people around to like you know stabilize everyone else mm-hmm. and yeah. bring it back to what what it should be. And like you know, I just. I I want more, you know, like yeah. have have it more out in the open that like there are these women who are still at it and still good, still going yeah, strong. Totally, you know? totally. Alright, I think we should wrap up today's episode. Um before we finished, um I would like to ask you two, both of you, do you have anything you'd like to promote um through this podcast? Um, well, actually, I have a show on at the moment, but it's going to be finishing in two days before okay. this podcast comes out. out. But it's, uh, it's just a, um, it's actually a group show of the, uh, current second years in, uh, the Masters of Fine Art at the VCA. So there's, um, eight of us that are showing at the Student Gallery at VCA, and it finishes oh, on the 9th yep. of, of uh, March, which is in two days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, how about your? Do you have any come up um, plans, uh, shows, or? Uh, not immediately. So it's just hard work at the moment for me Fair in the enough. studio. Yeah. Yes. You do need a hard work before <laughs> the exhibitions and. How about you, Teresa? Um, nothing at the moment. Taking a break. Just finished doing a mailbox, mailbox um, art space show. I saw it, yes. Yes, so that's done for now, and I've started a side business with my friend Eric Jong, and we're doing an art documentation. So if anyone wants help taking photos of work or videos or making artist books and zines and things, we're happy to help. So what is a, it's a it's a side project that you yeah. two are collaborating on yes. in terms of just documenting Documentation. Melbourne artists or yes. doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't it's not, matter you're not limiting no it. yeah, yeah. So is just, there any website um, people can find yes, out more information recreate.gallery fantastic I will include this um, website in the um, podcast um, notes so everyone can. Contact you, get more information. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, John, I believe you have a website too do, as yeah. an artist. Yeah. I will include that to the notes Great. so people can check you out. <laughs> Fantastic! Thanks for doing this podcast. Thank you so much for Thank having you. us. No worries. There's never enough time to talk about good artworks. I hope you have enjoyed listening. Both exhibitions are still on. The exhibitions at 
Sevens Gallery ends on the 23rd of March. Christian Thompson's Ritual Intimacies finishes on the Sunday 18th of March. Please check them out if you haven't seen them. If you are interested in two speakers, please check out their website. The links are included in this episode notes. I'd love to hear your thoughts on those shows too. Please leave the comments if you have something to share and say about this podcast. Email me to threebellybuttonspodcast at gmail.com. Threebellybuttonspodcast is one word. The next episode will be released in two weeks. The catchy background music is composed by Marcel Fairfing. Marcel also records and edits this episode. A big thank for him. Also, thank for Emmanuel Rodriguez for creating the cover images for us. Bye for now.